Pero antes, un mensaje de nuestros auspiciadores. Hello, welcome to Prince Rabbit Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Pussy Control um, from the Gold Experience. Although on the album it is labeled as P Control, uh, though, you know, as we'll get into a little bit when I talk about. The kind of the background of this album um, Prince had announced it as Pussy Control on a number of occasions um, and there is actually a video that also says the words Pussy Control on um, so and I'm going to call it Pussy Control simply because there was a remix which was released on Crystal Ball which calls it P Control so um, I want to keep it clear that we're talking about the, the version that's on the Gold Experience recorded on the 25th of July 1994 at Paisley Park released on the 26th of September 1995 on the track it is just Prince although there is a little bit of Maite uh, saying some stuff in Spanish the track itself is 5.59 and joining me to talk about it today is Gina Radcliffe hello Gina hello Darren thank you for having me the Gold Experience was uh, the pen- ultimate album that Prince released to get out of his contract with Warner Brothers. He put out the previous year two albums. He put out Come and then later on in the year he allowed the release of the Black Album. Those being the third and fourth albums in his deal after the B-Sides was counted as an album and um, and also you know Symbol was the first album in his deal. Um, the, the, the Actually counting B- the B-Sides as an album was something that kind of Prince negotiated, but he, in the end, Warner Brothers kind of re- did, did release another album in place of counting the, the B-sides later on. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a couple of albums' time. Um, so, you know, Prince was trying to get out of his contract. And at the time, he, he began performing songs from The Gold Experience because he refused to promote either the Black Album or anything off of Come. So... Uh, even though Let It Go was released as a single, he didn't really do much promotion. And he spent most of from late 93 uh, when he went on tour because he refused to promote the hits, the B-sides. Um, <laughs> Warner Brothers paid him money to go out of the country so he wouldn't um, talk down the idea of a greatest hits compilation. Um, from then through most of 94 and into 1995, Prince kept saying that he would never release the gold experience um, and he would the only way people could see it was if they went and saw him on tour. Um, and so, you know, he basically toured the entire, you know, the entire album. So the set list at the time just consisted of, the, you know, mostly the running order of the album. Occasionally he'd play the songs in slightly different orders. Um, but mostly it was just the songs that were on the Gold Experience, including the MPG operator interludes, um, you know, that introduced certain songs. Um, so uh, Now and I Hate You had kind of little introductions uh, and obviously Maite would also do the kind of um, Prince Esther Morte introduction um, before she did the kind of the Spanish introduction that, that kind of introduces Pussy Control. Um, and so, you know, this was Prince's threat was, I'm just going to tour this album forever and no one will <laughs> ever be able to hear it unless they come out and see me on tour, which was a good strategy at the time because Prince's contract that he, he'd signed in 1992 gave him a, quite a large portion of the revenue for his tours. So while he was touring, he was actually probably making more money than if he just kept releasing albums and singles. 
Um, so, you know, this was in his favour. He gave a number of interviews to journalists. I remember buying both Enemy and Melody Maker sometime in early 1995, um, you know, where Prince was, you know, he, he did this thing where he would, he started giving lots of interviews to promote the tour that, you know, the Gold Experience was, was part of. Um, but he insisted that no journalists were allowed to make notes and they weren't allowed to bring recorders in. They would just have to come in to his dressing room, which, of course, you know, many of them afterwards described in great detail, um, you know, which was, you know, lots of silks were in there. And there was, you know, there was kind of a bed that was kind of following him around Europe. And, you know, they, they would go into great detail about his, his dressing room. Um, and, you know, he had lots of demands. Uh, around this time, there was a famous story where he, while he was in London... He insisted that uh, the hotel room he was staying in, the hotel suite he was staying in, should I say, was painted purple uh, for the for the 14 nights he was going to be staying there. And he wasn't going to pay for it to be put, put back to, you know, how it was before he left. <laughs> but he refused to stay in the hotel until they painted the room purple. And they did indeed paint it purple. Um, and they also had all the furniture brought in, which was all white. Um, so, you know, Prince was basically in, you know, kind of um, <laughs> in full kind of... Uh, you know, kind of demand mode, kind of making it clear that, you know, the tour was the most important thing to him. He didn't care about releasing this album. And, you know, so you could only hear the album if you went and saw him. Uh, he did a performance of Dolphin sometime in late 94 on the David Letterman show. And, you know, David Letterman introduced Prince by, well, first of all, not saying his name. <laughs> and, then, and then also saying, and this is a song from an album that will never be released. That was literally how Prince was promoting it. <laughs> Um, so it's a it's a it's an amusing performance to watch, um, and and then um, you know eventually Warner Brothers kind of conceded some ground to Prince. Um, you know, first of all, they allowed him to release a single independently, um, and he was like, okay, you know, but they restricted it so he could only release that one song and no other songs. Um, so he released the most beautiful girl in the world. Um, by himself you know he arranged the distribution he arranged you know the artwork for the single he arranged everything to do with that release uh, but he was limited to only that track except he had a clause where he could remix it so the b-side for most beautiful girl in the world is a remix of most beautiful girl in the world and then he released another he released an ep called the beautiful experience which had seven remixes of the most beautiful girl in the world you know, he he basically kind of really took advantage of the idea that he's only allowed this one track. So he's like, OK, I'm going to release it five different ways and I'm going to make as much money as I possibly can off it. And that was to just prove to Warner Brothers that he could he could succeed without them. Yeah, he's just going to take that. He's going to take that single, just ride it into the ground. And it, and, it, and it worked because it was it was a big hit, at least in the US. You know, it was September 1995 before this album came out. You know, that shows the kind of like the gap between when Prince had this album done um, when it was actually released uh, though you know it, it didn't perform as well as as come it sold half a million copies um and you know it it, it, got, it got to number four over here it got to number six in the billboard um 200 you know it charted relatively well in you know some other uh, countries uh, around europe as well um, it got to number two on the u.s um, top r&b slash hip-hop albums it did okay but you know, mostly most beautiful girl in the world, um, and of course, you know the beautiful experience, were the most successful part of this album. Um, and you know, eventually Prince released the album, um, but that was only on the understanding that he would be able to release another album the following year, and that would be the end of the contract. Warner Brothers kind of reneged on that a little bit, and they, and they released a <laughs> compilation in 1999 called "All Friends for Sale," which they counted as the end of the contract. 
And that was the point at which Prince then changed his name back to Prince. You know, so, and he opens up with Pussy Control. Um, <laughs> and What a song. Uh, a, <laughs> yeah. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> there was a performance that was done at the VH, VH1 Fashion Awards in 1994 of this song. Um, and there were a couple of points where Prince, you know, he, he swears and he, he kind of, um, on the performance, he kind of mutes those out. Um, or he drops words so that he doesn't have to swear. So he kind of censored it. But, you know, the song was called Pussy Control. And he said Pussy Control a lot on VH1 over and over again for about four minutes. When they, You know how, like, I haven't seen a music video in a long time. But they used to put, like, the title and the and the, the group and who, who directed the video. It said Pussy Control, which I was, I was surprised by. I was like, wait a minute. You couldn't put that word on television in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as well, it kind of like the intention of the song in the remix, uh, which, you know, was just called P Control on Crystal Ball. Prince actually came, he had to add an introduction um, where he made it clear that, you know, th this was a song about um, female empowerment. And it actually says this is a tale about control. And he says feline, that is. But please don't be a victim of a 30 second bite. Listen to the words carefully. They're meant to uplift and enlighten all the members of the female persuasion that no woman ever becomes a slave. And, of course, Prince was writing slave on his face at this particular time. So, uh, you know, the, the use of the word slave. Prince kind of got himself into a bit of trouble for that because people felt that a millionaire in a record contract is not a slave. So. Yeah, that was not one of... That was that was probably one of his more cringy moments. And that had started kind of late 94 and, um, and kind of went through until I think... I think Chaos and Disorder came out. I think by the time he got to 97, he'd stopped writing Slave on his cheek. Um, I don't know if someone had had a word with him or, you know, maybe Spike Lee or someone had said, please stop doing this. It's not, it's not a good look on you. Um, but yeah, and originally, you know, there was going to be a, a single release for P-Control. <laughs> Prince, at this particular time, he, you know, he, he was... Like I said, pretty much riding the most beautiful girl in the world, remixing that and releasing it and remixing it and releasing it. So I don't think he really wanted to, you know, kind of, um, you know, undermine that by having another single out. So it was, you know, even Dolphin had a video made, uh, mostly because it was a, a song about taking a shot at Warner Brothers. So, of course, Prince, you know, made himself a video and, and had that, that premiered on VH1 as well. I don't know what his relationship with VH1 was. Um but yeah, so and, and you know, so he, he kind of promoted some of the songs, but he didn't release them as singles. And, and so which I think is a pity because I would have loved that, you know, Pussy Control would have become more well known as a Prince song rather than just as, you know, this one performance basically reenacts the entire lyrics of the song via <laughs> um, via Maite. And she comes out dressed like Prince, basically, in like a purple suit. And then she kind of strips that off to reveal, you know, her underwear. And then she spends most of the song kind of swapping, putting clothes on as Prince sings the lyrics so that she's acting out what's going on in the song. And I mean, every every, every line of this song is just solid gold. I, I, I love it so much. And we start off, like I said, Spanish introduction. Uh, Nuestro presencio especial comenze en breve. Uh, pero antes un mesenje de nuestro... Uh, Auspiciadores, I think is. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm wondering if like they they listen to uh, "Stop" by Jane's Addiction. I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. Let's have let's just have some a woman's voice speaking Spanish and introduce the song. I mean, I think at the time, um, Prince. I mean, there is. A, I mean, I haven't really mentioned this, but when Prince met Maite on their first date, he proposed to her, um, and then like it took them almost two years before they actually got married. 
Um, so I think it's just the fact that she spoke Spanish and and Prince on on um, on the start of Come you have her saying Prince Esther Morte. You know, just the incorporation of Spanish, I guess, was just something that he did because of her. But I, you know, I I, I mean, I I know what you're talking about with the st- with the start of Stop because I do I do uh, I do recognize that. But um, yeah, I mean, she's basically saying our special presentation will start shortly. But first, a message from our sponsors. I don't know. There's never any sponsors, so. <laughs> I, d- I don't know what I know what she's talking about, but yeah, and I mean, in terms of like a genre, I feel like this is Prince once again kind of going for rap, but doing it in a very weird way of like um, like a song about female empowerment, but in the style of rap, but with a title that makes you think it's actually kind of like a misogynistic like 80s rap song it's 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 a very weird kind of mix of messages that prince is putting forward here well i always i just kind of pictured it as as, as she's in control I don't, I don't know i think it's definitely you could yeah. you could you could you know look at the lyrics it's, it's i would say it's way open for interpretation yeah I, I can i can see where it leans towards in, in empowerment it, it's definitely a song someone would play while they're getting ready for a date I can. And I'm not saying I've, I'm not saying I've ever done that. I'm not saying I've not I've not done that. I'm just saying you could do that because it just got that kind yeah. of like like you know yeah kind of kind of feel to it. I mean, I think as well. You know, there is a point where um, you know, as he says, verse two. He literally introduces the second verse by saying verse two, and he says the phrase "pussy got bank in her pockets before she got dick in her drawers," and that suggests that her name is Pussy. Yeah. Which, you know, and he says, in love, pussy never did fall. So, I mean, I don't know. It, it's just one of those weird things where, it, like, it, it seems like her name is Pussy and she's in control. And that's where the title comes from. Well, verse ver- verse three does actually use had the phrase, because I met this girl named Pussy. So, mystery yeah. solved. Her, her, her parents named her Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, towards the end, it, it, you know, we do get some advice from, uh, you know, from, from a mother. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, so, I mean, we start off, uh, I mean, uh, as well, this is, you know, we, we kind of get the introduction to the album before the song actually starts. Um, but where, you know, where Prince says, uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and motherfucking girls. Uh, this is your captain with no name speaking and I'm here to rock your world. Uh, of course, a reference to the fact that he had changed his name, uh, something that kind of peppers itself throughout this album and a little bit on chaos and disorder as well. Prince is very fond of asking people to say his name at this particular point yeah. in time. Yeah. That's that, that's um, definitely a have you do you have an official count of of how many times he has demanded or or asked politely that someone say his name? Well, I mean, on Come I think there's at least 3 songs where he <laughs> says that. And I know there's at least two more songs on this album where he does the same thing. So, so it's about 6 by the time we get to the end of Gold Experience, so I have to keep an eye out when I when I go through Chaos and Disorder as well. But yeah, and then he says, you know, with a tale that will soon be classic about a woman you already know, no prostitute she, but the mayor of your brain, pussy control. Um, and we have this "Are you ready?" sample, which is Prince saying the words "Are you ready?" but then sampling them and putting them in. Um, you know, and there is a little bit, there is a little bit of um, a, a kind of reference to a later song, which is which is kind of hidden, which is where someone says, "What hotel number is she in?" And then it says 319, which is the title of a song that appears later in the album. Um, and which itself is a reference to a scene in Showgirls. Um, you know, something that I will talk about more when I discuss 319. You know, this is obviously, you know, as well as being a song about kind of female empowerment, as, as we were about to find out, um, this is very much a story song, you know. And Prince calls this out after screaming the words, ah, pussy control. A couple of times, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is... 
And that, in fact, the, the, when he screams the ah, that sounds like it's on a keyboard and it's been sampled and it's just Prince kind of pressing the key and then messing with the pitch bend on it. So it doesn't sound like he's actually singing that. But he, he might have been. I don't know. It might have just ended up being kind of treated a little bit. Um, and that is the entire chorus, by the way, is just ah, pussy control twice. <laughs> um, you know. And as well, Prince sings it by saying pussy control. Like he has an extra syllable in there as well, which I, I kind of love. Um, you know, especially as the fact that when I, when I said... Um, you know, uh, you know, the mayor of your brain. That's how Prince says it. He doesn't say mayor. He says mayor. Mayor. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just one of those weird little things that I'm guessing he's like, I can't say mayor because it's just one syllable and it'll feel weird. I won't get to the end of the sentence. You know, so he's added an extra syllable here and there in this song, Uh, and he tells us our story begins in a schoolyard. And I just, I love that. Like I love that Prince is like going right back to the very beginning of whoever this person he's talking about. He's like, he's like, okay, we're going to start in the schoolyard. Um, and it's going to be a little girl skipping rope with her friends. A tisket, a tasket, no lunch in her basket. I don't know what a tisket, a tasket means. Um, you know, it's just, it's just Prince kind of rapping. Which again, it's something that at this particular point, you've got to remember Prince is, uh, you know, he's starting to approach 40. This is not the time to start your, you know, your hip hop career. Um, you know, hip hop is a young man's game, um, <laughs> and and Prince is really not suited to it. I, even at this particular point, you know, now that he's kind of conceded that hip hop is actually an art form, it seems weird that you know this is these are this is the kind of song that he's decided to to use it for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I tisket a tasket. It's just one of those things that stands out because it's such a weird kind of way for him to get an internal rhyme in a line. Yeah, well, it's like a, it is a, a, a childhood rhyme, but I mean, I don't even know that the, the target audience would even know that, and and it's like a like a nursery rhyme or something. But you know, considering that it's in a song called Pussy Control, it's a little weird that he would use it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and then of course he says, you know, uh, just some school books for the fight she would be in one day over this hoodie, uh, which. Um, I, it's, it's a kind of awkward if Prince does this occasionally he reverses the way words should be put into a sentence and it ends up sounding a little bit awkward because the whole kind of like school books for the fight she would be in is like it's it's I don't know, it's a bit awkward um, and then of course he talks about how she got beat up for some clothes and her rep and then with her chin up she scolded all yells molded when I'm rich on your neck I will step and then in the in the kind of performance, this is where um, Maite ends up in like a graduation gown when he says, and step she did to the straight A's, then college, the master's degree. She hired every one of those heifers that jumped her and made them work for free. No? Why? So what if my sisters are trifling? They just don't know. Didn't, Mama didn't tell you what she told me. Girl, you need pussy control. And I, I mean, I like the idea that not only ha- does this person have a mother... Um, who, you know, has told her, you know, that this person needs pussy control, but also they named her pussy. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, I'm thinking that she she didn't get you know picked on for her clothes or her rep. She got picked on because her name is Pussy. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, imagine, imagine, going through, imagine going through school when your name, your name is Pussy. <laughs> I also find it funny that Prince is like, if people bully you, then simply become very rich and hire them to work for you for free. It's like, I don't think that would work. I don't think the bullies would willingly submit to the person they bullied. Uh, But I do like the idea that, you know, uh, I mean, this is, Prince has said that this is meant to be a positive message. And I think, you know, the idea that if people are kind of putting you down or if, you know, you are, you know, kind of underprivileged or something, the idea of like getting an education, going to college, getting a degree, you know, like, 
that is seen as you know that's the the option prince is given here is that's how she got out you know this is this is how she asserted control um you know obviously he's already said no prostitute she but the mayor of your brain so he's already making it clear that this person is not gonna get control by selling her body um you know no judgment on any kind of sex workers or anything but obviously prince is saying if this person wants to kind of you know better themselves they need to go to college they need to get a master's they need to kind of assert their dominance by using their brain rather than you know using their body you know which i had to say in a song called pussy control that is a, a you know a relatively kind of positive message to be putting out there you know and then of course prince introduces verse two with saying the words verse two which i love i love when prince does stuff like that <laughs> it's just like verse two and it's and everyone's like oh so I'm I'm cl- I'm clear where we are on this story, and he said, like I said, he says, "Pussy got bank in her pockets before she got dick in her drawers." If brother didn't have good and plenty of his own in love, pussy never did fall. And again, Prince reversing the words there because I just love that in in love, pussy never did fall. Um, and this full name trick won a sticker. Talking more shick than a bick. I mean, <laughs> I um, I, I mean, I I guess you know, I I'm not quite sure. I mean, he's t- I don't know what underst- I don't really understand what that line means. I know he's referencing razors, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't understand why, like, how this person named Trick <laughs> um, is trying to stick her. I, like, well, you never, you, you never trust anybody named Trick. I mean, that's just you, you don't no. want you, you don't want to hang around with, uh, you know, that's like that's like gambling with someone named named Fast Eddie. You just don't, you just don't do it. <laughs> you don't, you don't go yeah. out on a date with a guy named Trick. Yeah, and apparently this person was going to make Pussy a star um, if she come and sing a lick on his hit. So I'm guessing, you know, that this person called Trick is some kind of rapper. Um, and then, of course, Pussy said, you crazy if you don't know every woman in the world ain't a freak. You can go platinum four times. She still couldn't make what I make in a week. So push upon somebody want to hear that because this somebody <laughs> don't want to know. Uh, boy, you better act like you understand when you roll with Pussy Control. So basically, this person is trying to take advantage of Pussy uh, by having them sing on their record. And Pussy obviously turns that down, um, pointing out that they are making a ton of money and they really don't need to bring themselves down to whatever level Trick is on, Um, (laughs) you know. Which, again, uh, it's funny because this is obviously something that Prince can relate to, like the idea of someone using you for your talent and trying to trade off your name. Um, You know, that's something, you know, Prince Prince obviously can relate to that. But for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, of course, I'm not going to be singing on any guest rappers records. I mean, like, it's not very relatable. Um, You know, the first verse feels a bit more relatable. The idea that if you get bullied, then you should, you know, rise above that and, you know, just try and better yourself. Um, But, you know, the the second verse feels slightly less relatable, you know, from kind of a point of view of most listeners, I would feel um you know uh, but i i love as well how we then get we get you know as prince is the one naming stuff in this song he then says breakdown and we get a little bit of a kind of keyboard solo uh, and we we have a sample of someone i think it's my taste saying are you ready for the best pussy you ever felt <laughs> it's funny because at some points it feels like prince is deliberately being obtuse to the fact that the title might have a double meaning you have a line like that where it's like it feels like prince is obviously you know um, you know, he's making the double meaning kind of known and he's playing off the innuendo of it. Um, but yeah, and then I, I love how he kind of comes in and he says, with one more verse to the story, I, I need another piece of your ear. Uh, so again, he's just introducing you to the idea that there's one more verse. <laughs> and 
I mean, you know, just kind of Prince calling out the structure of the song is probably one of my favorite things about this track. Um, you know, and he says, I want to hip you all to the reason I'm known as the player of the year. Because uh, I met this girl named Pussy at the Club International Balls. I, I stopped right there. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that, that club, that just that, that kills me. Club International Balls. <laughs> International Balls. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess you know what's going to happen in there. I, the thing is, as well, is balls could have a double meaning here. Is it could be like a ballroom. Um, you know, it could be talking about, you know, uh, I don't know, someone's cotillion or something like it could be about the event, like a ball, but I just, I like, yeah, <laughs> you know, he meets someone called Pussy at a club, international balls. Uh, and that's how I met your mother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's such a, it's such a great, it's such a great line. Uh, and then, of course, you know, he describes the fact that she was rolling four deep, three sisters and a weepy-eyed white girl driving a hall. So, you know, Pussy is accompanied by what I'm assuming are three black women. And also some white girl who they're making drive them around. Um, which, I mean, at this particular, like, kind of in the early 90s, Prince started to, you know, embrace his his blackness a little bit more. So, again, like, the, the with it, whenever I listen to this song, I don't imagine that this is a story about a white woman. No. It's no. like that. I, I feel like Prince is kind of making it clear that this is, this is a story of, uh, you know, black empowerment. And, you know, the fact that he says they're three sisters and a, a weepy-eyed white girl, it's like, oh, okay, right. So, <laughs> so I'm guessing that's why the white girl is so weepy-eyed, um, you know, after bullying pussy when she was younger. Um, and, and then we get Prince. I mean, I'm assuming, or whatever character he's talking about, where he says, I pulled it right beside her and my electric top went down. <laughs> and then this is where he says, I said, motherfucker, I know your reputation and I'm astounded that you're here. And I fear you're lonely and you want to know a straight <laughs> 12 o'clock straight up N-word that don't give a shit that you're pussy control. Well, I'm that N-word. At least I want to be. But it's going to be hard as hell to keep my mind off a body that would make every rich man want to sell, sell, sell. Can I tell you what I'm thinking that you already know? You need a motherfucker that respects your name. Now say it, pussy control. And I like how Prince puts himself into the story, you know, and he's like, this person is so wealthy that they don't need to be a guest on anyone else's track. They're so successful that they can hire everyone who bullied them and make them work for free. But the one person they do need is Prince. <laughs> but of course. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I like that. I kind of like that Prince is like, look, I respect who you are. I would, you know, I know who your name is. But you, you definitely need to be with Prince, <laughs> you know, uh, even if we are both here at Club International Balls. I mean, and then, of course, we get kind of a little bit more towards the end where Prince says the moral of this motherfucker is, ladies, make them act like they know you are, was and always will be pussy control. Um, and, you know, we, we finish with some of my favorite kind of Prince, like kind of outro stuff where he says, he says, don't you think about calling her a hoe? You juvenile delinquent. You best sit your ass down. You're talking about pussy control. Can you dig it? And the kind of the juvenile delinquent part is the part that sells it for me. But yeah, I mean, I, I kind of I kind of like that, you know, the kind of, you know, the fact that he he, he, he you know, he knows her reputation and he respects it. And, you know, I guess in some ways he's kind of saying, you know, he wants to have someone who's his equal, you know. And that is why they should be with Prince. It's <laughs> a know? beautiful love story. And then we kind of we kind of get the you know pussy control. Are you ready? A few more times, and then the song kind of finishes. What's funny is that you know Prince kind of he starts out. I love how he starts out telling this story about oh we're gonna t we're gonna tell you a story about this you know this person 
you know, who's the mayor of your brain. And then by the end, it's like I pulled up next to her and I said, get in, you know, <laughs> and it's like it turns into a story about being how cool Prince is. <laughs> you know, we, I, I, I just kind of like that. That's how he kind of takes the narrative. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, this person is clearly very strong and independent. And that is why they should be with Prince. Also, the fact that they both have membership to Club International Balls, I feel like you know. Yeah, you're 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 the cream of the crop. You're 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 uh, yeah. You're you basically just just you don't get any bigger than that when you have your membership to Club International Balls. <laughs> I feel I feel like Prince missed a trick by not having somewhere in Minnesota called you know International Balls. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, he had glam he had glam slam at this time, but quite frankly. I would have possibly travelled to Minneapolis just to be able to go to a place that was called International Balls. I sort of like the idea that you know, if only like on tour, like he would have had like a stage set up, kind of like he did for Sign of the Times, but like a like a neon sign just says Club International Balls. <laughs> <laughs> At this time, it feels like Prince had kind of left all subtlety behind. But for me personally, this is a five out of five. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's a great way yeah. to open the album. I mean, you know, it just it's it's such a like. Everything in the song is just Prince being like, I'm not I'm not holding back anymore. You know, I went out of this contract, but at the same time, I'm not going to, you know, this is, this wasn't like the other two albums that came out around this time, you know, Chaos and Disorder and Come, they were labeled as contractual obligation. But uh, the Gold Experience definitely was not. This was an album that Prince put a lot of thought into. Um, you know, you had the MPG operator tracks in between some of the other tracks. So, you know, it had kind of structure to it. And so Prince was clearly putting his full effort into the song. And, yeah, you know, it's, it it's almost, it's all, it kind of crosses the line into a little silly at times, but in, a, in an incredibly entertaining way. Um, now, there was a version apparently that was remixed in French called uh, Chateau Contrôlé, um, <laughs> which is a little, little kitten control. Um, so, you know, he had a sense of humor about it, at least. Uh, and, you know, there was a there was a version that was known as the house mix, uh, which was then, you know, um, which included part of a song called Get Wild, which was something that Prince performed with the MPG quite a lot around this time, uh, which also showed up on Crystal Ball. And like I said, you know, there was the, the club mix, which was then just retitled P full stop control. And that was put onto Crystal Ball as well. Um, so, you know, Prince obviously had some kind of affection for this song. The fact that he ended up, you know, remixing it a few times. Um, but at the same time, you know, Warner Brothers kind of limited what he could do with his back catalogue and his, his you know, songs at this time. So obviously the fact that he kept remixing it was just a sign of the fact that he, he wasn't allowed to do anything else with it. <laughs> I, I think in terms of like, you know, the album, uh, Gold Experience doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, even though it has the MPG operating in between each, some of the tracks, it doesn't have like a, a specific theme. You know, a lot of it is just about Prince trying to get out of his contract. Uh, you know, Dolphin is a song about, you know, you can cut off all my fins, but to your ways I will not bend. That's literally a shot at Warner Brothers <laughs> in a song about becoming a dolphin, you know. So Prince was spending a lot of time either making people try to say his name, which they could not, or taking shots at Warner Brothers. Uh, you know, so there was, there was a kind of a lot of that going on. Um, and like I said, a lot of kind of remixing and, you know, he had Glam Slam. And so he would he would regularly attend there and play, you know, unreleased versions of his songs. You know, he'd made the threat to tour this album. You know, it was it was kind of like, you know, you're in the middle of a lot of kind of upheaval in terms of, you know, Prince's life. But at the same time, you know, you had the stability of Maite 
Um, you know, the band that he'd been touring with, you know, Michael B, Sonny T, Mr. Hayes, Tommy Barbarella. Tommy Barbarella, actually, the performance of Pussy Control is really fun because Tommy Barbarella is holding this gigantic keyboard and Prince keeps kind of coming over and playing a few notes on it. You almost want to see Tommy go, stop doing that, Prince. This is really heavy. If you keep doing that, you're just going to make me fall over. But yeah, so, you know, he had this this kind of solid, very small band, but who, you know, a lot of them have been around Prince for a few years. And, you know, even though he was kind of in this public fight, he still had the stability of just this band and Maite. And, you know, even though he was touring for a large portion of 94 and 95, um, you know, he, he really kind of, you know, he had... It's, it's kind of weird because, like, his home life and his band were very stable, but everything else was kind of chaotic and, you know, kind of all, all over the place. Um, and, you know... He, like I said, he performed most of the Gold Experience. Um, you know, just the set list was always just the songs from the Gold Experience and nothing else. So if you were a Prince fan in like ninety four, ninety five, going to see Prince, he wasn't playing Purple Rain. He wasn't playing. The world <laughs> he was literally just playing this album, which nobody had heard because it hadn't been released yet. Um, which I find such a crazy kind of like bold move <laughs> to be like, you know, because people complain when some bands, you know, play, you know, do a greatest hit store, but they insist on playing something off the new album. Prince only played everything off the new album. He didn't play any greatest hits at this time. Um, so, you know, that kind of amuses me. But then once you got to, like, 1996, um, Prince kind of stopped playing anything um, pre-emancipation. Um, you know, he kind of denied that the Warner's back catalog existed for a couple of years, and he just stopped playing them. And, you know, he never kind of brought Pussy Control back as something on his set list in later years, which I'm a bit disappointed by, because I think... You know, Prince sitting at a piano being like 50-something and singing Pussy Control would have been a great sight. Um, but unfortunately, it was never to happen. But yeah, so I mean, you know, no one has, no one that I could find has covered it. But then again, if you search the internet for Pussy Control, uh, you know, you do get some, uh, let's say, questionable results back. Uh, yeah, I would say put that safe search on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, so I feel like we've said about as much as we possibly can about Pussy Control. Um so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Gina? Yes, I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast, uh, a podcast in which we look at horror movies according to the characters and the uh, the way they leave this mortal coil. Um, as I record this, we're in the middle of a three-part bonus series devoted to the insane Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, and then we're jumping into Jason Goes to Hell, so just look for Kill by Kill, and I also have a website in which I write about pop culture, movies, old TV, things in general, and that's GinaRadcliffe.com. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track, or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure what you would, at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks, Ms. Wolf, for being my guest here, Gina. Oh, thank you. And otherwise... Bye. Bye. You are now an official member of the New Power Generation. Welcome to the Dawn.